You are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. It is the ALDS preview with Sam and Steve. How are we doing, Sam? Doing well, Steve. The Yankees are in the playoffs. They know their opponent. We didn't get our wish in the AL wildcard series between the Guardians and Rays of every game going into extra innings, but Saturday's game two, (laughs) close, Saturday's game two went into 15, but the Guardians swept the Rays two games to none. I had the Guardians coming out of that series. It is going to be a very good matchup, a close matchup, a lot of good pitching on either side, especially in the starting rotation. I think the Guardians have the advantage in the bullpen, especially with Emmanuel Clase coming out in the ninth inning. But I'm really looking forward to this series. The Yankees won the regular season series five games to one. Not really sure how much stock we can put into that, if any, but this is going to be a really good one. There is a lot of things I am looking forward to. Yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be interesting. This is the third time in six years the Yankees and Cleveland have met in the postseason. Um, you know, personally, the, the Guardians are, are kind of boring. They're, you know, besides Jose Ramirez and, and Shane Bieber, it's a lot of names that you don't hear too often around baseball nationally. Uh, but they're a good team. They're a good team, and, and you definitely can't look past them in a five-game series here. So the Yankees are going to have their work cut out for them. It's, it's going to be a good matchup from around the league. I thought the wild card round in general was fun and, and exactly what baseball wanted when they, they put in these extra games here. I personally went 3-1 went and one in the predictions of you know every – the only one I got wrong was the Guardians. Every Guardians were the only favorite to win their series. So it was pretty you know shockingly home field advantage that they thought – was going to play a huge factor, did not. Um, you know, with the, the Padres beating the Mets and the Phillies over St. Louis, and then the AL having the, uh, the AL East Blue Jays getting getting their uh, teeth kicked in a little bit there on a massive rally for the for the Mariners. Fun, fun, fun weekend of baseball, especially when we're sitting on the sidelines resting. But but that time is over now, and now the sweating starts. Game one in a few hours here, uh, and it's uh, it's playoff baseball, and, there, and there's nothing. Nothing better than that. You know, Garrett Cole talked about a time when he got traded from the Pirates to the Astros and Brian McCann was like, playoff baseball is a drug. And I think even for, for fans too, it's time to go. This is what we've wanted all year. The season starts today. And the Yankees' first order of business is taking up the Cleveland Guardians. And they're, you know, we beat them as the Indians before. Now it's time to beat them as the Guardians in the playoffs. I think it's, you know, we let's do a quick, you know, roster prediction here. Obviously, we were recording before the, ro- the official roster is out. Um, but a few things to note here. The two two things that I think we should note on is one is Aroldis Chapman's definitely off the playoff roster and we'll never see him again in a Yankee uniform because he did not show up to a mandatory workout. Pretty much went AWOL. Brian Cashman kind of threw him under the bus and said he really wasn't all in all year. So he wasn't surprised by this. Uh, and, uh, for a Yankees bullpen, that's short on arms. We didn't want to see Chapman really on the on the list, but it's just another name that that goes to the, the wrong list of not being a factor for the Yankees. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't come back to haunt the Yankees at all. Given Chapman's struggles, still has elite stuff at times. But see you later, Araldis. 
I thought he was going to be on just because he was a healthy body, but I think he got the hint that he was not going to be on. And a report from Bob Nightingale today said he would have attended if he was definitely going to be on the postseason roster. And the Yankees could not give him that assurance. And Chapman stayed home in Miami, which kind of can't blame him for. I'm 30 miles north of Miami, and the weather here the last week has been absolutely beautiful. The, the <laughs> best we've had in a while. Yeah, Raul just definitely doesn't want to be traveling to Cleveland at, at any point in his life. So he, he made the, the personal decision of, of, of fuck it. I'm just done. Which is crazy, though, because a good postseason, if Chapman, say, if Chapman did make a roster and if he did pitch decently in, in the few games that he would have got into, it would have helped his – he's only 34 years old. He needs a new contract next year. And obviously, he's not coming from the Yankees. It's going to be interesting. Who Who's going to want to pay a guy that actively just said he quit on – a team that has a very good chance of winning the World Series. You're right. And when you're talking about a one-year prove-it deal, how many teams are going to be willing to give him that, knowing he just quit on a team ahead of the postseason who has home field advantage in the American League Division Series? A bit of a bizarre situation. Usually, it would be a catastrophe if a player quit on the team right before the postseason, but with Araldis Chapman, I don't think a lot of Yankees fans have that feeling. He's been wild all season long. Got the IL stint from getting a tattoo and was out a month. How I feel about this is the Yankees are very low in the bullpen. I, I probably would have wanted him on, on the roster as a healthy arm. What I would have done with him is another question, but... There's so many question marks in the Yankees' bullpen right now and the attitude he's taking. I don't want this guy on the team. It's not like he's been a premier player either. So Yeah, so see you later. Here, good there you go. He's, he's done. Let's talk about guys that will be on the roster or, or maybe not be. Matt Chapman, definitely going to be on the roster. He's been taking batting practice, even taking some fly balls. Nice to see him there. We'll see how he's used. Um, my prediction for Carpenter um, um is that he's going to be a super sub pinch hitter. Uh, I could see him coming in, getting you know, at least one at bat every game, whether it be for Jose Trevino or maybe Isaiah Conifer-Leffa. Not sure if he's ready for, for a full game here. Um, I think the Yankees save him for maybe like a panic mode if someone if you know they're struggling and they need a boost to, to add him to the lineup or, or maybe see in the ALCS if they get past the Guardians. But either way, really nice to see Carpenter coming back and being at least active, just his presence in the in the clubhouse is a boost and is a win for the Yankees. And that doesn't even get into the fact that we talked about last episode that he hit 15 home runs in 47 games, and you know had he has currently has a higher OPS than Aaron Judge this this year. Like that's how good he was. Not expecting that type of a performance in the playoffs if we even see him play, but uh, his presence is is a win for the Yankees and worth a roster spot. He hasn't played in two months, and he, he's been taking live at-bats, which is really good. But I'm curious to see how he looks in a situation. And if the Yankees end up giving him a start at a point, if they struggle on offense in games one and or game two, and they find themselves in a, in a what's-to-lose situation by giving him some at-bats. It's an interesting situation because, like I said, no at-bats in a major league game in two months. No minor league rehab games. Those are over. Foot injury in his mid-30s. It's 
someone who gave the Yankees lightning in a bottle. And you could say, like Aaron Judge, where would the Yankees be without Matt Carpenter, who really carried that offense for a couple of weeks in the summer? I'm looking forward to seeing him. He's a great presence in the locker room, unlike Araldus Chapman, who we touched on. <laughs> I agree with your role for him. I think they're going to give him at least an at-bat in these first two games, and then we're going to see where the series is from there. Yeah, ideally you don't have to play him at all. That means that our our lineup and our pitchers have done well, and, and we're cruising come sixth, seventh inning. But, you know, that's just not how playoff baseball works. And if we've seen anything from, you know, the series with the Rays and Guardians, is the runs are going to be at a premium. So a pinch hit at a big spot seems seems exactly what, what Matt Carpenter is there for. And it, it doesn't look like DJ LeMahieu is going to be is going to be on this. It, it, Aaron Boone on, on Monday did not sound confident that DJ was going to have a roster spot. Clearly, he's still lingering, having lingering issues with this injury. And I like DJ, but I like a healthy DJ, obviously. He, when he's hurt, it's obvious to tell. It's, it's not great. He struggles at the plate. And at this point, the way that Glaber's hitting and you know Donaldson's defense, those are the two guys that are going to get the playing time over an injured LeMahieu. So I'm not expecting him on, on this. You know, There could be some, some late heroics from, from DJ to force himself onto that roster. But... No DJ, to me, also means we have a chance to maybe see uh, Oswald Peraza make, make the roster. So it's going uh, to be interesting to see what happens with DJ. Same thing, though, as Carpenter, if he is on. It's, it's not going to be in a starting role. He, he's, he can't play nine innings. There's no chance. So it's going to be in a pinch hit variety here of you know, a pinch hit, and maybe you know depending on the time of the game, he might get subbed in defensively too. So I don't think the Yankees carry two strictly pinch hitters in Carpenter and LeMahieu, and it's just Carpenter's further further along right now. Yeah, and LeMahieu, since he came off the IL, is 4 of 17, no extra base hits. If he can play the field is a major question, so I think he's going to be off the roster. And like you said, I think that's going to open the door for an Oswald Peraza to be on the postseason ALDS roster for now. You can change the rosters from series to series, but say LeMahieu was on the ALDS roster and then taken off, the Yankees could not add him again until the World Series. So That's a good point, too. Yeah, you don't want to get put in a situation where DJ gets hurt, but like it's a soft injury where it's you know something that he could be back in time for the World Series or something like that for. So you might as well say, look, we're not going to start him, so let's keep him off for now and still have him continue to work towards maybe, as long as we're advancing, maybe he can keep advancing and be an option in ALCS and beyond. Um, so that is, that is a, a good point there. For the, like, look, the, the, other than that, I don't think we're going to see many surprises. So I think I kind of want to go through the the starting. I think the starting pitching is going to be huge in this series, uh, and it starts and ends with Garrett Cole, game one, big money ace on the mound, and the Yankees get the benefit of the Guardians having played two games last week. For seeing he's playing zero, and they he won't go head to head with Ace Shane Bieber. He is going to go up uh, against Qual Quintrell who the Yankees have played earlier this year and got three runs and six innings off of. Cole's faced the the Guardians several times this year, pitched pretty well in either one of those. Clear upper hand to the, the Yankees in matchups in game one. But I don't want to overlook the fact that Quintrell's played pretty well. And Cole has a higher ERA. But still, you got to give the advantage to, to the Yankees game one in that pitching matchup. Yeah, and Quintrell's last several starts, he, he's pitched well the the last time he, he really didn't do well was in early September against 
Seattle. He pitched three innings, uh, allowed two runs. He's gone at least five innings, hasn't given up more than three runs. Um, r- really hasn't given up more than three runs since he's good. Uh, a mid-August start against the Detroit Tigers. So the Yankees are, are facing a, a tough pitcher. They're not getting Bieber or McKenzie, the, the latter who really carved them up in the Guardians' only win of the season series. But when you're talking about X-Factors, it starts with the starting pitching. And when we're looking at this Yankees team, and it's the first time we've said this in six years of doing the podcast, it's really the first time maybe Yankees fans can say this ever. The starting pitching is the strength of the Yankees heading into the postseason, and I don't think it's close. Yeah, going to be absolutely huge. Cole followed up by by Nasty Nestor Cortez in Game 2, and Severino in Game 3 is the top. We haven't had a three top three like that heading into the playoffs in a long time, and it's going to be needed. Look, if you watched any of those games like Shane Bieber – dominated the Rays uh, on Friday. He had, you know, he went into the eighth inning, uh, only given up, given up one run. So having him versus Nestor, look, if people were complaining and saying they wanted Cortez in game one because he was the ace of our staff, like, sure, there's an argument for that. But I, if, if that was your thinking, then you actually want Nestor in game two versus Shane Bieber because you want the ace versus ace matchup. You want to be having your best guy go against their best guy. So, you know, you should be happy. If you were pushing for Cortez to be your game one starter because you think he's better than Garrett Cole, you should be happy that he's going against Bieber because the Yankees are going to need it. Runs will be at an absolute premium there. And then uh, I think, you know, the, the McKenzie pitched really well against the Yankees in his only appearance early in the year in, in April. But uh, I, again, you know, you, you're going to, I'm going to lean Yankees in game three with Luis Severino, given how he pitched his last game and how he's got that fire in that belly. Pretty much all season here, I'm gonna I'm gonna love to see Sevy on the road in Cleveland there. So it's gonna be a good. You know, we'll see what happens if we need games four and game five. The schedule is a little weird. So with the off day after game one, that game four starter will, is obviously gonna be Garrett Cole pitching on normal rest. I believe the way that schedule comes out, uh, and then game five will probably would need to be Cortez on short rest. So the schedule kind of is a little odd there. So it. it you know, leads to some complications possibly with the rotation. But I think it, the starting pitching is going to come down to the fact that the Yankees only get Bieber once. No, I'm sorry. He'll go game five, I guess, too. So that would be, that could be a little scary. But in the end, Guardians played two games and the Yankees haven't. So I'm giving the starting pitching uh, the nod to the Yankees in this series. I think that's a very fair assessment. And you did mention the schedule. It is a bit of a weird setup. It's not one like we've seen before. It's Tuesday and Thursday for games one and two, and then games three and five are Saturday through Monday. So no travel day between. Very strange. And it, the NL is more of a the traditional, but the, either way, there, there's no there's no travel for that fifth day for any anyone in in baseball fifth game. So we'll be uh, that that's definitely a, a new sensation here too. The Yankees. Being the Yankees, I'm going to assume we're going to be the 7.30 game all the time. Well, right now, only we only know that we'll be 7.30 on Tuesday and Thursday. Sam, just because I think a lot of people don't know too much about the Guardians, and especially in the back end here, but they have an elite closer. Give me a little stuff about him because, you know, that's an area where going into the year, the Yankees had one of the best bullpens in baseball. And it'd be, it sounds a little strange now when you, we watched the first half of that year to think that that's the weak spot for the Yankees and could be a serious disadvantage going against a team like the Guardians who have some, some really live arms out there. Yeah, Emmanuel Clase has been one of the 
elite closers in baseball the last two years and really took his stuff to a next level this season. Uh, 42 saves. His ERA is 136. His ERA last year was 129. He's only 24 years old. A big thing, the Yankees can't be trailing going into the ninth inning. This guy has a lot of stuff. He's going to get some Cy Young votes, I imagine, because he's the best closer in baseball. He does not get roughed up often. The White Sox got to him a couple weeks ago. That was in extra innings, though. It's a big challenge, though, if the Yankees are facing him in the ninth inning trailing. You may as yeah, well. Even the, even the eighth inning. He can go. He's, I don't think they're going to be scared to use him to go for almost two inning saves here. He's got that good of stuff, and you know he's kind of young enough and has a live arm to uh, to go there. But just in general, it's it's tough when you talk about how their Guardian starters are very good. Even though we gave the Yankees the slight edge here, they're very good. One of the kind of keys for the Yankees is going to be to kind of get them out as quickly as possible. But it's it's a really good bullpen for for Cleveland. They got Clause A, but then they also have some other guys, including ex Yankee prospect uh, of Trevor Stepan. There are this is what. Uh, an interesting stat for them. They had the bullpen, obviously led by their elite closer, had the best ERA in the second half, which helped them win the Central pretty easily. And they had the fewest innings allowed. So their starters go deep. They Then once they hand the ball off, they were, they were really good. And if you watch the weekend, if, you're, if the weekend was your, your only real taste of, of Guardians baseball this year, they didn't give up a single run the entire time to the Rays. And the Rays didn't score much at all to begin with. But their, their bullpen, that included a 15-inning game, where it was, was spectacular. So it's going to be really, really important for the Yankees to work their counts early on with the starters and even once the bullpen comes in here too. Just play their baseball. Quick innings at, by the, the Yankees lineup could be the demise of them and sending them home early. It's going to be something along the lines of they need to, to work their walks, which on the other side kind of it benefits the Yankees too is their, the, the Guardians lineup to me, doesn't scream superstars. Obviously, you got Jose Ramirez, who's an MVP caliber player, but these are guys that come on swinging pretty quickly. They they don't draw walks, and they don't really go deep into the pitches. They're coming on looking for contact. So for the Yankees, keys for the starters and bullpen is, is, is getting those quick early first strikes. It's a team that doesn't walk often, but if you end up walking guys like the Guardians, that means you're missing bad. And that, that's going to be a problem for the Yankees. The, the lineup up and down, besides Ramirez, isn't, isn't something that's going to be you know, blowing you away with home runs. It's very different styles of baseball for, the, for these two teams, which I think is what makes it so interesting. The Yankees wanting to hit the home run ball, wanting to you know, get, obviously get judged with his record-setting 62 home runs at bat as much as possible, where the Guardians are going to kind of grind it out and slap the ball the other way and be a contact team, which is scary come playoff time in baseball. Yeah, and you look no further than the top of the lineup than Stephen Kwan hit 298 against in the regular season this year. Jose Ramirez is obviously the big one. Oscar Gonzalez, another 300 hitter in the regular season. He hit the walk-off home run against the Tampa Bay Rays. You are right. It's a very different style of baseball. But when you're talking about the hitters, the obvious key is getting Jose Ramirez out and not letting him get the long ball going. You want to limit the amount of times he has on base, but it's going to be really tough. Guys like Juan and Gonzalez at the top of the lineup are really tough to get out. 
I like what you said about the different style, and it's a tough lineup to pitch through. They were in the American League Central, which was just filled with mediocrity, we said a couple episodes ago, but this is a solid team. They beat the Tampa Bay Rays two times in a row, a team the Yankees had some struggles in beating late in the season. It's going to be one of the best division series in in baseball, I think. This one and the Dodgers and Padres – and yeah, well, the funny thing really, is, this is the really only all, non-division all series. Sorry. Yeah, it is. Good, good point. Good point. And, and these two teams haven't seen each other in three months, so I think that's something always to point out. Uh, we we talk about the head-to-head matchups. I'm not really sure, like I said in the beginning, how much stock you could put into this in terms of the regular season matchups. Yeah, but it's it's a very it's going to be very interesting to see how uh, this all plays out with with the Guardians lineup. They have guys that can get on base, and w- when guys are on base for number eleven, it could be problems for the Yankees. Yeah, and, and you expect that. And you know, um, Rosario for Cleveland uh, at shortstop, you know, can steal bases, got some serious speed. So you got to got you got to keep guys like that off the bases. It feels weird just talking about a Yankees playoff series here and not really mentioning the, the home run ball of it all. But I think the key factors are going to be pitching and defense. The The Guardians are a very good defensive team. You know, they're up, up the middle, like I said, with Rosario and, um, you know, the other ex-Met, Andres Jimenez. They are very solid double play combo there. You know, Ramirez got a glove at, at, at third. And it goes to show more of the Yankees' preparations at the deadline of how important defense was for them in a team that doesn't hit the long ball like the Guardians, having guys like Harrison Bader in center field is huge. While we haven't liked what we've seen from Josh Donaldson, he's going to be in the lineup because of that defense. It's not going to be the long ball slugfest that the Yankees are going to need to win this game. It's going to be the grind it out, hopefully get six plus from your starter. And you can, it's good. Who can make the most spectacular defensive plays could be the X factor of who goes to the ALCS. And you mentioned Rosario. I like how you brought him up. They love to run him on the base paths. They have a lot of guys who can steal bases on this team, uh, which makes the catching situation for the Yankees all that much more important. We always talk about them getting rid of Gary Sanchez and the transformation they made at that spot with Jose Trevino and how he's been one of the best defensive catchers in baseball. So the Yankees do win this series by limiting the running game it's going to be something that's talked about a lot with how they got rid of Gary Sanchez and brought in a couple of new guys. And we always say how Trevino was an afterthought in a trade made after leading up to opening day due to the injury to Ben Roivert. I'm going to be, that might be the X factor of this series when you really think about it and holding runners on for pitchers is going to be important and we all know how Aroldis Chapman did at holding runners on. So. <laughs> Good thing we got to take it. Yeah, don't have to worry about We're not going to miss that. It, it's a very interesting series of it all. And um, it's crazy that we end up – I would never have picked that the Yankees – I didn't. I would, did not pick Cleveland to make the playoffs at all this year. But it, it's going to be a tough series, but it, it's going to be – if the Yankees win, I think it's going to make Brian Cashman look very smart in the fact that it's going to be some of these other – tight plays needed like a big defensive play obviously we want the home runs from Stanton Judge and Rizzo and stuff like that but it's going to be I'm not envisioning that to be the type of series that we're going to be looking at it's going to be who can get the key 
you know, opposite fields hit? Who's going to make the, the, the right moves uh, on the bases? You know, you know, could, you know, Oswaldo Cabrera being, being in, in left field be another huge outfield assist, you know, getting a first to third out. Those are the little things that win you playoff series um, and that the Yankees are going to need to rely on. And in the end, it, for me, though, if you don't stop Jose Ramirez, this series is going to be is over real quick. This guy plays unbelievably and just always seems to lift his game versus the Yankees. Uh, of all players in history to have 200 at-bats versus the Yankees, he is ninth all-time in OPS. Did not expect that. These are names Ted Williams, Alex Rodriguez, Ken Griffey Jr., Manny Ramirez. Jose Ramirez is ninth on this list. So, and it's even higher at Yankee Stadium. So, if the Yankees want to win these first two games at home, do you start? Do you pitch around them? Do you, you know, don't let him hit you the home run. Do you pitch around him, knowing that the the rest of the lineup is a little weaker than you expect? You know, from you know other teams in the postseason, you can't be Garrett Cole and give up a home run to Jose Ramirez in the first inning. Like that's that's an absolute no. So it'll be really interesting to see how the Yankees utilize. Know, or pitch around Ramirez here and how they how they face the rest of this lineup. But that that's scrappy. I guess is a way to put the, the rest of their lineup. <laughs> they are scrappy. And you have Josh Naylor who, who's a twenty home run hitter uh, that's often going to be behind Ramirez. But I think you do have to pitch around Ramirez. And it, it's crazy going back, looking at the twenty seventeen series, Jose Ramirez was a guy that the Yankees circled back then. Aaron Judge is a guy that the Guardians circled back then. So uh, I'm really looking forward to see how, how this is done. But you mentioned the nightmare scenario of a Jose Ramirez first inning home run off Garrett Cole. The Yankees can ill afford that to happen. And that's the one scenario we really need to. You, you can't. Yeah, you cannot let him hit you a home run. Look, this is what it's going to. I had to do the, the quick math here, too. Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stan, and Anthony Rizzo have 125 home runs this year. The Cleveland Guardians franchise had 127 home runs this year. There are three guys hit two less in their entire roster. You can't let the guy who hit 29 come close to beating you with a home run. If Jose Ramirez hits a home run this series, I'm going to fucking lose it because the rest of this lineup can't really go deep. Make someone else go deep, reverse him. Don't give him pitches to hit here. You're playing with... Playing with Fryer, make make you you're paid for defense. You're paid for pitching. Keep the ball in the park, and that that is a direct line to Garrett Cole here. Keep the ball in the park, Garrett. Nestor does a good job at it. Uh, I'm not too worried about Severino in Cleveland with the long ball. Famous last words, but the Yankees have to out homer them because they hit more than double home runs this this year versus them. But they need to not have silly mistakes and and the small ball. Small ball. Is is such a key here in a, in a five game series? I'm already getting nervous. The more I keep looking at some of these stats, Sam. <laughs> it's two teams that play very differently. The Yankees have gotten better at running the bases this year. Uh, 2021 was a disaster, but the Guardians can steal a lot of bases. Quan Rosario, th- there's plenty of guys in this lineup that can beat you. Uh, but I think the X factor is keeping guys off base for Ramirez. The short porch is tailored. To him in Yankee Stadium, if you're Matt Blake, if you're Aaron Boone, how the Guardians are going to pitch around Aaron Judge and, and limit his opportunities, you have to do the same treatment with Ramirez. Yeah, yeah. 
that, that that's the way to do it. And the, the Yankees have the number one defense in regards to defensive run saved. The Guardians have the number three defensive run saved. So look, if, if defense is going to be spectacular and pitching is going to be spectacular, it kind of goes against what I was saying earlier. The Yankees have the advantage because they can hit the ball over the wall and the Guardians can't. The best measure for defense is make sure a fan catches the ball instead of the center fielder. That's a big that's a big plus for the Yankees when you got guys up and down the lineup that can go yard versus a Cleveland team that cannot. We'll have to just leave it there, I think, Adam. Give us our, our prediction. Give me your prediction here for the Yankees versus Cleveland in the 2022 ALDS. I think the Yankees take the first two games. Um, I think Eric Cole comes out and throws a gem. I, I hope I don't have to eat those words. And then Nasty Nestor does what he has done all year. I think the Yankees win two one-run games in the Bronx. The Guardians hit Severino around a, a little bit. The Yankees drop game three. And then Cole comes back on regular rest in game four and shows out. My X factor is going to be Josh Donaldson. I think if he Ooh, hits, okay. the Yankees do well this series and win it. I like it. I like it. I, I think it's going to be a little different. Uh, I, I want to agree with you on Garrett Cole. I think he's going to give up the home run to Ramirez, and I think I'm going to pull my hair out. I think the Yankees lose game one, but then they go on, then they get hot. Then they go, they go and win the next three. So Yankees in four, even though they, they, they may not win game one. It's going to be the X factor. It, it, it's simply, it's going to be Anthony Rizzo. Because, you know, if he, based on how I guess in the lineup's going to be, they're going to pitch around Judge. Rizzo hasn't had a great, great second half, but he still has, you know, those, those 32 home runs. If Rizzo can hit two home runs this series, the Yankees are going to win this series. So I, I, I like, you know, let's, let's see what Big Tony can do at first base uh, and keep us there. Um, one of these games is going to go into the, into the extra innings is my other, my other guess here too. Uh, maybe it's game three, but we're going to go into extra innings. And, and I think we're going to need to rely on someone like Clark Schmidt to go several innings for the Yankees out of this pen because the, the, the pen is going to be a mishmash. You know, the... Indians have a clear path of how they get to their closer and how they win the games. The Yankees is going to be a matchup situation. I think we could see Peralta closing out games. I think we could see Holmes closing out. I would, you know, Loise has got clearly got closeout stuff here. It's going to be very interesting what the Yankees do with this bullpen, and it's going to leave Boone open to some serious second guesses if if the bullpen fails and the Yankees don't get to the the ALCS. But until then, we got we got baseball in a few hours. Sam, Garrett Cole's coming to the mound. I think the Bronx is the hardest place to play um, when it comes to fan atmosphere here. It's going to be a guaranteed sellout every time they're in the Bronx. The, the the bleacher creatures will be going nuts. John Carlos Stanton said, you know, reiterated how awesome it is to play here. Home field advantage is going to be a thing for the Yankees, hopefully in many, many, many games. But until then, tonight, game one, and then the weird day off, Thursday, game two. It, it's playoff baseball in the Bronx, Sam. Playoff baseball in the Bronx. The Yankees have defended home field here in many years. 2018 against the Red Sox being the exception. Had some struggles against the Astros. In the division series, though, in 2017 against the Guardians, they won both games. They swept the Astros in the three games at Yankee Stadium. Going to 2019, I mentioned the Twins sweep. Uh, they beat the Astros one out of three at Yankee Stadium, which is obviously some struggles, but it is a tough place to play. This is a young Guardians team, an inexperienced one in the postseason, and the Yankees' experience in these situations 
I think is going to propel them. That, that's that's what we need to do. Look, every team is different, but they we we are two and zero in Cleveland in the playoffs. Uh, you know, the past few years, seven and two in Cleveland the uh, the past two years as well. So the Yankees play well in Cleveland, and obviously you're going to need to you know winning a game there, winning or two or winning two games there too. It would be you know basically be huge for the Yankees. So. Home field advantage and going to a place completely opposite of the trop where we know the Yankees struggle at. The Yankees do well uh, in Cleveland here. So keys to victory are, are to win, win baseball games here. We obviously, we both picked the Yankees. We'll jump back on, hopefully, to recap the ALDS and a preview of the possible future ALCS here. But, but Yankees, base, Yankees playoff baseball is coming right at you. Thanks for listening to our quick little preview, too. And uh, go Yanks. Go Yanks. Time for October. Let's go.